Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome to the Moonbeam City After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. It's a new studio, it's a new show... I'm sorry, is, I just can't help Kylie but Minogue? dance. No, this is wonderful. This is beautiful. The the music in this show. I mean, I know this isn't... Is this... I don't know. I can't tell. Anything Synthy can be from this show, <laughs> and I can't tell. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, I am one of your hosts for this show. I am the Internet Soapbox Mark. You can find me on Twitter at Soapbox Mark. And of course, he's Greg. He's got the goodness. He's Man. Greg Goodness. And you can find me on the Twits at Greg Goodness. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy to remember. Don't worry about it. We're doing something a little bit different. We're covering episodes one and two. This is a one-time thing. We wanted to wait until we got into the new studio, so we're going to make up for it by doing both of the episodes at the same time. But man, oh man, are we going to have a lot to cover because (laughs) Moonbeam City manages to cram a lot down in a very short period of time. We're covering both Mall Hath No Fury and Lights Camera Reenaction. This show is so fast. It's so (laughs) dense. So much stuff happens in such a short period of time. And it's great. Uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, uh, the creator, Scott Gardner, has been one of my favorite internet creators for several years. Really happy that he got this show. Um, but I, the, the critics are, are a little bit wary of the show so far. But as with any show, that, that comes naturally. Well, you know, I think what's interesting is that if you go back and look at South Park in the first season of South Park, that was not a universally well-reviewed show. I think that The Hollywood Reporter said that it was, like, baseless crude humor that will never find an audience and now here we are 18 years that's right 18 years yeah later so i think that when it comes to comedy critics have been off and at least i'm a big fan uh from what i've seen so far some of the jokes in this are just so on point like i've laughed out loud in ways that i haven't in a long time at tv it's just a generally and it's a generally funny show. There's a lot of visual gags. There's a lot of the stuff with the art style and the movement. This is classic Titmouse. Like, Titmouse, they're a great animation studio. They've done a lot for Adult Swim. Uh, but their style is very... It, it adds very well to these scripts. Yeah, and, you know, you can sort of see that uh, style, like, in their earlier work, like Metalocalypse. Oh, definitely Metalocalypse in here. Uh, I mean, at least for the graphic violence. Like, okay, let's just go back to episode one here. Mall Half No Fury. Mall Half No Fury. One of the first things we see is El Diablo Malo, <laughs> which, again, I love the newscap uh, reenactor of a name as terrifying as it is unoriginal. Yep. Uh, but he's lighting an old woman on fire. Like, he just steals her person, lights her on fire. So that sets the tone for exactly what kind of show this is. And going at the to same be. time, right after meeting Dazzle, tearing off the giant disguise of meaty arms to have his suit, um, <laughs> I'm, I ran out of bullets. I spent them all on that car, and we see a wonderfully drawn phallus on the side of the van. Do you I'm have glad any... that you went with phallus. Ah, <laughs> gotta keep it clean for the kids. There's only enough cocaine to go around. Um, and even just the, do you have any bullets? <laughs> Crap. Run away. <laughs> 
Yeah, that recurring crap throughout the first episode. It works. Uh, it does work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was some of the things I really enjoyed is all of the callbacks littered throughout all of these episodes. Both, mm-hmm. I guess, Bo- both of them. All, all both of them, of them. Both of them, the same difference. That works. But when Rad was dipping, he's stirring his coffee, and then it <laughs> reveals that it's a mouse after he's been talking about giving mice baths in the number one cop mug. Like, that's just good writing. That's just solid, solid jokes, mm-hmm. which I can appreciate. All of the characters in the show, or all of the main characters, I should, eh, no, even the side characters, uh, I mean, greatest naming in, in any <laughs> show. We've got Dazzle, mm-hmm. uh, played by Rob Lowe, played amazingly by Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pizzazz, played by Elizabeth Banks, mm-hmm. just like the epitome of a strong female uh, 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 cop and like a... Uh, why? I keep wanting to say General Chief, a, a great police chief, um, and of course Rad, mm-hmm. um, ju- uh, and Chrysalis, and we've got a whole bunch of more uh, names in the in the second episode too. But this this is just the epitome of what people think the '80s was. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that they've really managed to capture that style, not only in the visual style, which um, you know we had been talking about a little bit earlier. It's based on. Uh, and I'm, of course, already forgetting the gentleman's name. Nagel, Patrick Nagel. Yeah, Patrick Nagel, um, which he used to do some portraits for Playboy and then really blew up and started doing national advertising campaigns for mm-hmm. Coke and IBM. So, like, that sort of blank style, the whitewash style and the minimalist drawings, like, that's all very late 70s, early 80s. But what I think they also did really well is you get the sort of action movie cliches Mm -hmm. of that generation. Like, when we have him saying, like, all these crazy, insane catchphrases. Like, that is such a classic hallmark of that era that... It's it's nice that we can exist in this realm. It's it's a mixture of of a lot of eighties tropes that works well enough together because it's so outlandish. And the neon. My god, the neon. <laughs> it's everywhere. The 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 main plot of the first episode is the the guy who sets the old woman on fire, El Diablo Malo, mm-hmm. uh goes on a, a drug running uh mission across the malls of Moonbeam City and while Dazzle is on a stakeout, uh, he ends up meeting, I mean, a questionable pronunciation. It's spelled like I-I-I, but it's I-shi-shi-shi-shi-shi-shi-shi. Well, that was part of the in-joke, is even he couldn't pronounce the proper name. And she so. wasn't allowed to, which, <laughs> in my country, we can, young women cannot pronounce their own names. Uh, which, uh, Love it. I've very sad, it. but very funny. Yeah, and and just everybody's designs are so striking because of the thick eye uh, eye lines that Nagel used. Um, the, one of my favorite things about the show is is my grandmother had one of uh, had a Nagel portrait up at her house. So when I saw the the initial promos for this a couple years ago, I was like, "Holy crap! Why does this look so familiar?" Oh, because I. I've seen this style for years growing up. Not Absolute to get insanity. too off the rails here, no, but you had an interesting story about this where you saw this uh, presentation a couple of years ago. Yeah, Comic-Con. At Comic-Con, mm-hmm. no, right? Yeah. Uh, Comedy Central has been trying to, to uh, get this working, or at least Scott has. I mean, I've, I've known about this show for a couple of years. Uh, it's just 
kind of been waiting, I think. I think it's just been waiting for the right time to be uh, debuted, maybe for the right crowd. I think maybe once uh, once Archer got popular and there was maybe a little bit more room for a show like this to be around, maybe Comedy Central was like, okay, we'll, we'll go into production a little bit more. I don't know the full story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just know that I've known about this show for quite some time. We gotta do some digging on that. Yeah, I will. I'll out what's going on there. Definitely do that. Uh, and... I just can't. I can't enough. I can't enough about this show. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Dazzle goes on to recruit this superstar, yes, and <laughs> promise her a whirlwind tour of all the malls of Moonbeam City. Which is there something any more quintessentially early '80s, late '70s than a mall tour? And there's there were like five malls in Moonbeam City, and five. like amazing. That's what it sounded like. Like twelve. There, was, there were dozens. He was listing off, all seemingly more realistic sounding than the next one. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing about about this show too is a lot of the names and the, and the titling, while ridiculous, seems pretty realistic. Like uh, uh, lower downtown, upper midtown, uh, <laughs> all all of the areas, mm-hmm. and and. This they as I said in my notes they do the sex, and uh, <laughs> uh, poor Chrysalis is is uh, on earphone while they're doing it the whole time. And one of the funniest bits of the whole of the first episode was finding out about the stakeout after the crime had taken place hmm. and hearing the doing of the sex again. Uh, going straight to my notes, uh, <laughs> and uh, Pizzazz just shouting, "Shut it off! Shut shut it off!" Just per to uh, the. Again, the timing. Uh, anybody who who hasn't watched the show, the first episode's free and in its entirety on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And we're <laughs> another effect that we see from Pizzazz in the next scene was, or no, that was uh, when we first meet her was the uh, the shutter lighting. Anytime she gets serious, I love that motif, and I'm kind of amazed that they were able to keep it up through two consecutive episodes. Again, not to get ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. but we saw it whenever she gets serious. I think we're going to see those weird blinds come in. If she's on the beach, those blinds are still going to come whenever she gets serious. No matter where, they could be in space. And <laughs> and and I, you know what? I have a feeling they'll probably end up in space. It's the eighties. Probably pretty soon. Yeah. Too. At, at least that's something they do episode four. You know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta go lower the mid, in mid season, and space is a good way to take a break. <laughs> and, bleh, a too too much. I, I can't I can't stop saying too much good stuff. Uh, it's so it's so quick. All of all of the comedy is so quick, and Dazzle as a character, having that short term uh, memory as like a like a Peter Griffin or Homer Simpson or not even mm-hmm. an Archer because Archer is very directly orient- oriented of this is the thing we have to do as opposed to Dazzle who is kind of he's got like ooh shiny syndrome yeah. Like, he's a guy who can actually take up different jobs within the show, which I think is interesting because I was wondering, like, is that going to be a one-off thing when I saw it in the first episode? Mm-hmm. Because obviously he becomes Urshishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishish
Uh, Rad Cunningham, maybe Canadian. Uh, <laughs> I like those little kind of those those little in jokes in terms of just random Canadian terminology. Mm. Uh, but he ends up tying, uh, interrupting a dinner between Dazzle and I, <laughs> and uh, handcuffs them and takes somebody whose name sounds like an eagle screech mm-hmm. and, to take her place. And there's a huge. Huge riot that starts once uh, Dazzle gets his way free and crashes a boat into the mall. Seaside malls. Why is that not more of a thing? With just all glass as as the as the walls? Can we do that, please? I think it's a proletariat working class struggle sort of thing. That is prime real estate. You want it going to the billionaires. You do not want it going to the plebeians. Now, in Moonbeam City, clearly an idyllic place to live. Mm-hmm. They can afford that sort of thing. That in the Moonbeam Tower. Are we going to get super political and see, like, the outskirts of, of Moonbeam City is just dank, desolate, and brown? <laughs> and and it's going to get, like, revol- and Daz is going to be, like, a revolutionary, like a Che Guevara sort of type? I, I would not be you, surprised. You just wrote an episode, sir. Hire me. Pay me. <laughs> WWE already pays me. Uh, Comedy Central should, too. Give me a call. I'm on Twitter. Mm. That made sense. Uh, <laughs> and uh, El Diablo Malo gets impaled grossly in a very Metalocalypse-style way, yeah. and the day is saved. Yeah. That's an interesting comparison to Metalocalypse, because I'm wondering, like, over at Titmouse, it must have been like, oh, another stage scene death. Okay, we can do that. We have the animation all rigged up for that already. They probably do. There's plenty, plenty of Metalocalypse episodes where, like, the stages fall over, and there's just random metal being thrown about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they probably just touched it up. Either way, great use. Yeah, and I think, again, drawing back to sort of the Archer comparisons, which I know it's never fair to go and compare a show to another show mm-hmm. right out of the gate where it's like oh this is just a rip off of that show or you know like because you know people not necessarily have been saying that but there have been those comparisons drawn i think that it's really interesting when you get down to the nitty-gritty of mm-hmm. what one does versus the other i mean i think in a situation where you might see archer he's sort of like you said really methodic really direct is able to go in and doesn't really accidentally solve crimes like he's more of a guy that sort of has a plan in the back of his head all along mm-hmm. whereas dazzle is a guy who completely by accident every single time is the guy who just happens to solve the crime not even solve but just beat someone down he just shows up at the end and goes yeah i did that yeah he takes credit for it's it. my plan the whole time <laughs> even oh god I just want I honest I, I'm I'm trying not to be super like overly overly uh, complimentary of the show. Mm-hmm. But I, I just loved it so damn much. I've been a fan of this of this comedy style for years. Um even at the very end, the, the Golden Dreamcatcher uh judges being uh, the the Department of Deportation mm-hmm. and that great joke of well if a US citizen marries her, mm-hmm. she can stay. Beautiful moment. <laughs> nope, she's gone later. <laughs> Perfect. Well, he was a writer on Conan for a very long time, the creator mm-hmm. of the show, correct? He was. He was on Conan. He was on Funny or Die. He's, mm-hmm. he's been working his way up. So you can definitely see that sort of influence here, where all of these seemingly over-the-top cutaways, all of the like real in-jokes, mm-hmm. like sort of meta-humor when it comes to cutting away to commercial, like the flower pot falling on his head in episode one with mm-hmm. the like cartoonish circle zoom-in. Like, that's classic Conan-style yeah. comedy, right? Oh, no, I, I definitely agree. And the, uh, you, can't, you can't stop crying with colorful candies. 
<laughs> and the this the well, I mean, it's not really graphic, but the mm-hmm. the sex the sex scene between Daz and and Aisha, mm-hmm. uh, just with the frosting and like the neon hearts and this for a, for a pilot, it definitely got the idea of what the show is across, mm-hmm. and it established the characters in a way that here's a, a real just packed in version of these characters. And now that we have a season, we're going to take our time and really flesh them out. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good job. Pilots are always tough because mm-hmm. you have to introduce this entire world. And it's, in this case, an entire fictional world of Moonbeam City. It's not like Parks and Rec where it's like, hey, we're in Indiana and that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. This is a completely made up world with completely different rules from our reality off-the-wall characters, and they managed to pack it all in, like you said. Like I, In our first episode, I was surprised. I thought that we were going to basically see the end of the episode in once he picked her up in the mall, like once mm-hmm. he became her manager. I was amazed that we were able to plow through so much more story. Yeah, line. It, it, it seemed like a Simpsons setup, where it's, here's the plot at the beginning of the episode, and now that that's done, let's get to the actual thing, whereas they made it carry throughout the entire thing. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, and and I hope that we get a little bit more of a overarching storyline as it as it goes on but for right now we're getting we're getting one-offs and those are still great like our second episode <laughs> lights camera reenaction reenaction mm-hmm. with a uh, john hurley being the guest star and i flippin love him he he actually <laughs> tweeted this was the funniest thing that he's worked on no since kidding. seinfeld no kidding and he's been busy so i'm happy for him i know him and scott have worked together in the past really silly thing for for college humor mm-hmm. uh but Great to see him as a sort as the uh, the host of uh, what was the show Crime Zappers, mm-hmm. sort of a, a reenactment show. Electric Z, like the Zenith, uh, yeah, Zenith TV, Zenith TV logo. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, a little bit like that. I would I would watch this show, the the Crime <laughs> Zappers version. I know that we've had uh, like America's Most Wanted and other reenactment shows mm-hmm. uh, of of this nature, but the whole eighties of it. And if you just don't even get a, an actor, just get John Hurley to host it. Why not? He's <laughs> he's damn. He's got too good of an announcer's voice to do it. Let's just have that. But uh, the episode starts with a, a children's rave <laughs> to to encourage kids to 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 rave safely before they have a chance to do it unsafely. And they even go as far as to, as to have kids ecstasy machines as opposed to the adult ecstasy. It's a very wonderful gesture. And the colors again, the neon. Beautiful. I gotta be honest, I was a little freaked out when the episode opened up because they were doing like black light on top of the already crazy neon pastels mm-hmm. that they have going on. And I was just, it blew my mind a little bit. Like my color sensory glands, which is definitely a thing. That's, that's science? Yeah. That, I actually oh, wrote it here. For sure. Science. So, color wait. sensory glands. Science. Just overloaded. But go. it was really cool. I loved the, all the throwaway jokes, like the, the back of Dazzle's hat is D A Z L. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a legit. I was like, yeah, that could that would be a DJ logo. Like I could see that on Hollywood and Vine. I wonder if that is a person who's going to have to contact like some lower end dude who's going to contact him <laughs> and he's like, that's my gimmick. Give me back my gimmick. Uh, <laughs> he ends up inadvertently stopping a bike theft after a freakout, and the the thing about Daz that we've been learning for, mm-hmm. at least for these two episodes. Is we know nothing about Daz. He is he is a not necessarily an empty shell, but he is an open canvas 
where where a lot of different neon strokes get painted from episode to episode. We don't know where he came from, what his what his parentage is like. We just know that he's very confident, mm-hmm. and he's a cop to a fault. To a fault. He's he's a cop to a fault. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he barely does his job. He's hitting kids with. What did you think about the kid? About the kid who stole the bike. I thought it was amazing how self-aware he was. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote that down with the, uh, what did he say? Uh, like, nah, 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 you can't catch me because I'm a minor. I'm a product of my environment. Like, <laughs> again, very self-aware child. And I loved all the, like, DVD sort of moments in this, or DVR moments. As yeah, we were DVR trying moments. to, like, rewind and pause and frame. I think that Dazzle arrested him with, quote, small cuffs. Did like you it was, yeah. It said like small. it said small on the cuff size, kid size cuffs only in Moonbeam City. Yeah, and we got another one where it was the Buck Fuddies. Like, need a Buck Fuddy? Call yeah, twenty. I'm surprised hours. that they got that on the air because that's that's really cutting it close. Yeah, Thought South Park gets away with a lot, so I guess other other shows can too. Yeah, that was the funny thing is that South Park set a really high bar when it comes to violence profanity drug use mm. so it's like moonbeam city is in a way catching up to that i guess that's just my personal mm. take on it that it's a, a little bit like they have so far to go they have to go so far now to push the envelope which is why we see a little old lady getting lit on fire and kid exploding and just trying to get him off the set yeah yeah, yeah. dad does has one thing on his mind and that's dazzle <laughs> and, and that seems to be the the recurring theme like at the, at the beginning where he where the hell have you been mm-hmm. um oh, i was i was checking on some leads and he was at a strip club and and he he brought the strippers with him mm-hmm. get get these sluts out of here they have names probably <laughs> and those little whispery quick uh so good and uh with this it, there was an ongoing there was an ongoing in joke about the child raves just happening in the background like halfway through when he's trying to get the the budget approved by pizzazz to shoot his own version of the reenactment he's mm-hmm. like well children children uh, crime child crime rates have been on the rise ever since we started doing those mandatory child raves <laughs> it's uh, oh god what how what would life be like if we had mandatory childhood raves i would have been a lot happier as a child i'm sure would have been ecstatic and addicted to drugs <laughs> You're right, though. We did have a lot more callbacks to that. I mean, it literally came full circle where everyone is at a rave at the end of the episode. But we saw those little touches, thoughtful touches, mm-hmm. throughout the episode. The kids' ecstasy dispenser in the in the liquor store. Liquor store. Which, by the way, why is a kids' ecstasy dispenser in a liquor store? Where I'm pretty sure, even in Moonbeam City, you need to be at least 21 to buy alcohol. It gets the kids, and there's also the candy there. That's the thing. You gotta, you gotta improve profits. It's a business, man. Come yeah. on. And the sunglasses. But I mean, either <laughs> you gotta sell those sunglasses. You gotta put them next to the ecstasy, so that when they're trying them on, it's like it turns into their eyes. Like, yeah. You know, that's as I don't know what ecstasy is like. <laughs> don't ask me on Twitter. The uh, I think the star of this episode was definitely Vex. I mean, well, I mean, Daz is, is definitely the star, but just his placing of. Of all of the scenes and the reenactments, even the 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 first reenactment that we saw when he just steps out of the of yeah. the screen, which is why I'm here. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, specs! Uh, and and Rad's storyline in this whole thing was he's such a big fan of Crime Zappers that he just wanted to be on the show for mm-hmm. some reason, and he hatches this plot uh, to want and and he's just 
the constant one-upman for Dazzle. He's the underdog. He's the num- number two cop. So in that respect, you can kind of understand where he's coming from. I think he'll have some moments of redemption where they'll have to work together and it'll be nice. But for right now, he's just kind of that jerk who dips rats in coffee mugs. Yeah, I mean, we're dealing with the first few episodes. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a definite pattern be established, at least for the first few, where it seems to be that Dazzle has something going on that... It has nothing to do with being a cop. Mm -hmm. Rad gets extremely jealous, manages to oust him or try to one-up him in the thing. Again, not being a cop, just whatever else captures his attention. And then we circle back to saving the day. And and the closest, this is the closest thing so far that Rad has done to being a good cop. I mean, though arguably he was at the crime scene in the first episode, so at least he's trying to maybe one up Dazzle in that. But he always is. So, so with this, he he tried to be a cop mm-hmm. by interrupting that robbery, but in the end, it was all just to to rub it all over Dazzle's face. Well, speaking of rubbing on his face, how about that monologue where he's confessing that he never. <laughs> Actually stopped the crime. Do it. I got scared and I ran into the sunglasses thing and it fell on me and then I ran outside. How do you have cameras for this? Sewer cam. <laughs> I fell in the poop and I had like... I, and then granted, I pooped in the a... poop and I couldn't tell what poop was my poop and then a little bit of the poop got in my mouth and I liked it. That's one of those jokes where it started off, I'm like, oh, we're doing a poop joke, really? But then the sheer persistence of it, refusing to stop and pushing it even further and further to the point where everyone's jaw was dropped at the end. It's like, okay, I'm on board. You can do this poop joke if you want. Poop joke permitted. So that is the, <laughs> that is the one, per, one per season but you have to get a little bit, uh, a little bit more persistent than that if you want to get another poop joke to to hit home. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I, I was with you on that where it was like, okay, all right, cool, fun, all right, this is funny, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, and then just laughter, pure <laughs> laughter. But because of this lie, the uh, crime zappers gets canceled, and to celebrate the canceling of the rave or the canceling of the show, they have a rave. I, I think this is the instead of like a policeman's ball. I hope that we go back to the rave as a as a device where it's like, oh, we saved the day. Time for another rave, or like the, <laughs> oh, good, we saved the mayor. Let's have a mayor celebrating rave. But it's the late seventies, early eighties. I have the feeling there are going to be a lot of raves in Moonbeam City. Very astute. So with uh, we and, and we didn't even get to Dazzle's plot, but but Dazzle. He gets a little bit indignant about how lazy the reenactments are. It's kind of a one take and that's it. But he has this crazy delusion. He wouldn't think so, but he has this crazy delusion that uh, he needs to make it his ultimate vision. He ends up getting a whole millions, $30 million worth of funding to shoot the movie in Crack Moonistan from Zephyr Agamonian. <laughs> Which, again, these names. It's not even... It could have been Agamemnon. But it's not. There's no. I don't think there's any. I don't. I don't think there's there's a, a like nationality in Moonbeam City. Everybody's just from Moonbeam City. Who knows? There's because everybody's just that stark white outline. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but the the de- the shot in the desert. Daz gets a little bit upset and he starts growing. Or he grows a beard just because he keeps doing rewrites. Uh, there's a giant bike wheel at one point and he starts gaining weight. And, he's, and he doesn't start drinking, but he starts throwing open beer cans just because he likes throwing them. Plapsed beer. Pla- yes, plapsed. By the way. 
Plaps teal uh, winner. <laughs> Why not? Plapsed and cheese, which I think is a really weird combination. Well, I mean, he doesn't even drink. That, that joke is just, I don't even drink them. I just like to throw them. Bah! <laughs> just those quick, like, two seconds. It's not even a cutaway. If it was a cutaway, it would be a little bit silly. But mm-hmm. it's just, here, let me, let, me get you, let me get you to the end of the joke so that we can laugh and then continue. Mm-hmm. But it's still a part of this show. And, and that, ultimately, I think is what we can take away from Moonbeam City, is that the jokes in, involved in the plot... They stick around for a little bit, make sure that they stew and get the right amount of thi- of, of airtime. Even the, the shutters on Pizzazz in the first one, there was only three. That's <laughs> all you need. Move on from there. So I, I think that this show will have some legs, especially with how ridiculous it can get. Mm-hmm. It started with drugs and, and just cocaine running. Mm-hmm. How, how far can it go, really? How, how far can't it go? Yeah, I think that's really the biggest question that I have is still sort of the reality where we're living. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're pushing it really far to the point where, okay, cops don't need to be cops. They can also become music producers or music managers and film directors. But, like, we can have sky dancing, which is semi-plausible, but then also, uh, God... Uh, I'm forgetting the name now of his what? character. Vex Mulroy. Yes, Vex Mulroy. Oh, such a good name. Vex Mulroy can also simultaneously fly to away. To the sky! <laughs> yeah, never to be seen again. So it is going to be interesting to see, yeah, how far they can push it. Because they've obviously demonstrated they're willing to go meta with all the... Right after the break. After the break. Just dead into the camera. After the break. After the break. Cut to commercial. So yeah, you're right. I'm now pontificating a little too much. No, but... no, I, I I totally agree. <laughs> I, I with a show this insane, mm-hmm. like it doesn't have the. I don't think it has the frame that Archer has. Archer has to stay within some sort of plausibility and reality. They do yeah. get crazy, like with going to space and Sea Lab and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But with this, you can really just put all steam ahead everything on 11 and just shoot for the stars and and that's where i think it'll really set itself apart though if you are a fan of archer i think that's good enough to get you interested in this show yeah absolutely so with with that um i wanted to i i First of all, we're already talking to people to get them in as guests on the show. Uh, the nightclub band, which does all of the music for the show, bravo! Has, by the way, oh, so good. Band. I want a a soundtrack now, even even before <laughs> even before it's gone, even before it's done. Just release it so that I can just drive with that on full repeat. Uh, we are already talking to the nightclub band uh, to get them in studio. Can we Talk give them. them a shout out on uh, Twitter here? Let's give everyone the. Uh, their Twitter handle, so they can go their ahead and Twitter along. Their uh, Twitter is at Nightclub Band. There you go. Simple and straightforward. Not confusing like Soapbox Mark, but <laughs> super easy to follow. And if you want to follow some of the creators, if you want to let them know that we're here, that we're doing the show, follow uh, Moonbeam City CC. That is the show's official Twitter account. Scott Gardner, that's G-A-I-R-D-N-E-R, and Scott. Uh, and, of course, uh, Rob Lowe... And uh, and Elizabeth Banks, the rest of the actors on the show, and we'll try to get them in the studio. I, I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to get some of the creative folks in here. But 
Your help will keep us here. And also make sure we're going to be on iTunes now, so make sure to rate, rate us on iTunes. It's, uh, it, I think we're in for a fun season and hopefully a fun run of the show. Yeah, as long as you guys are still commenting and asking us questions and keeping involved, we're going to do our dangdest to give you a shout-out and uh, answer your questions and talk about what you want to talk about on the air as well and despite being our first show we do have people watching live what? which is great thank you and 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 just so you know we do uh, record this show live on after buzz tv's youtube account if you're listening on itunes if you're listening on itunes we we, we do it live on youtube and if you're listening and if you're <laughs> watching on youtube we have an itunes channel as well so uh just look up moonbeam city on itunes you'll find us but i think that will do it for this episode of the moonbeam city after show here on after buzz tv so mr goodness put yourself over where can the folks find you they can find me on the twits at Greg Goodness. You can also catch me at my sketch shows. I perform at IO West every second Sunday of the month with my sketch group, It's the Cops. And if you're in New York City, that's insane. But guess what? I'm going to be in New York City as well. Coming next month, I'm going to be at the pit with It's the Cops. Check it out. It's all listed on their calendar page. It's going to be a good time. All people in New York are insane. You heard it here first. I think the insane part is that you're going to be there together as a group. It'll be fun. Make sure to head out there. I know we got we got some great fans in New York. Met them over SummerSlam weekend. If you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at SoapboxMark. Uh, also, I do a wrestling podcast at The Gimmick Pod. And I, we're, we're here doing... Uh, what Do you, what, do you other, have other shows that you do here uh, this season? Well, you or is can, this the first one? No, this is the first one. But once Archer starts back up, you Going can catch me on that. And you can find me on all the wrestling shows here. NXT. I show up on Raw sometimes. I show up on SmackDown sometimes. And any other show that might... Oh, Jedi Alliance on the on the Popcorn Talk Network. There's too much stuff. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzz TV. And make sure to rate us on iTunes and on YouTube. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.